The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Top five movies. Movies. Top five. Top five movies. Top five movies. Top five, top, top five movies. Come on, top five movies. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Top Five Movies. I'm John Burke, and with me this week is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And Michael Sanchez. Hello. And we are going to be talking about our top five movie replicants this week, and we're calling them replicants in honor of the release of Blade Runner 2049 that I cannot wait to see. I hope you guys are excited about it as I am. So pumped. Yes. Um, I am, a little. Uh, oh, interesting. Talking at the same time. Oh, I said I'm we're a little sad. We're I, so excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm sad I can't make it to the double feature. That would be cool to see Blade Runner in the theater. Um, mm-hmm. I have not seen it on the big screen. I have seen three versions of the film, though, so I am, I'm fairly versed. Uh, I have not watched. Um, have you guys watched the short films that Denis Villeneuve Valenui, I don't know how to say his name, um, has uh, he reached out to friends, other filmmakers to make, I think, four short films that are like in between Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049. Oh, shoot. Uh, no. He did Animatrix it. Kind of, except they're live action um, and they do feature this, like Jared Leto is in the first one um, and it wow. gives a little more backstory about his character. Um, I think they're all out now. I've not I've only seen the first one. I've not watched the other ones yet, but they are on YouTube, I believe, um, ready to be watched. And again, I don't think you need to watch them necessarily, but they're supposed to kind of give you some background in the lore uh, and what's changed over the 40 years. I think it's 40 years um, since the first film or 20 years. I don't remember how long. Uh, 2017 to 32. Okay, there you go. Wait, Um, wait. Is it 2045 or 2049? 2049. 2049. So 32. There you go. So um, those are out there to watch if you're interested in the Blade Runner film, which uh, it's getting really good buzz right now um super positive reviews have come out after the embargo was lifted so i'm even more excited to see it as um i i one of the headlines i saw was uh it's the greatest sci-fi movie of all time so i i know i i hope uh i hope that's not an overstatement because um but you know i i'm excited I'm, i can't wait to check it out was was that a trump review oh uh i don't know um it wasn't on his Twitter, I'll tell you that much. But um, <laughs> Mike and I got to go see one of our favorite podcasts live uh, this weekend, which was Hollywood Babylon, um, Was came to Orlando, Florida at the Hard Rock Live. And that's uh, Kevin Smith. You might know some of his films, Clerks, Mall Rats, Chasing Amy, Dogma, uh, Jane and Bob Strike Back, Clerks 2. And then some of his lesser known, uh, Zach and Mary Make a Porno, uh, Cop Out, um, Red State, uh, Tusk, and uh, Jersey Girl. I almost forgot Jersey Girl. And um, uh, Yoga Hosers. Um, I think I've just named Ooh. his whole list. Um, but uh, And then Ralph Garman is a uh, voice actor. He is a radio DJ from K-Rock in, in California and also uh, appears on Family Guy quite a bit as a voice actor, as I mentioned. But he's also in both of uh, – he's in Ted 1 – and then he is in A Million Ways to Die in the West at some point, um, which two Seth MacFarlane films. So and 
Lavalantulas. Yes, he's been in a couple of sci-fi movies and other movies throughout, but um, he was also the host of the Joe Schmo show on Spike, the pseudo-reality show where one character was actually um, a real person who thought he was on a reality show, but everyone else was paid actors, so everything else was uh, intentional and scripted, um, but that one person had no clue that all that was real. Um, so... Uh, Mike and I are big fans of that podcast, and we, this is the first time they've been to Florida. We got to go, and it was it was pretty awesome. I was very happy with uh, the experience. Yes, it was pretty awesome, except for the one girl that we, boy, yeah. Oh, the curse that I apparently have. Um, uh, Mike and I pointed out, well, I pointed out to Mike, I have a curse that it is apparently in- inevitable that someone will sit behind me who does not know how to control their talking in any kind of a formal event where people shouldn't be talking, because she narrated the entire podcast. Um, she was having a full-on conversation. With nobody, though. Nobody. <laughs> nobody ever I, spoke I to her. She was crazed. Yeah, I can't tell if she was with the people she was sitting next to, or if she was just solo I, and yapping away. I think she was loaded and just... She really was having a conversation as if it were they were talking just to her. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Anytime they would say something, she would have something to add to it or uh, explain or something. And it was just like, oh, my God, lady, shut the hell up. And then today if she had been closer. She would probably they probably would have noticed. They probably would have kicked her out if she had been like in the front row or something, because I think she would have actually thought they were talking to her and would have gone full volume because um, she wasn't whispering. But she I don't think she was at mm-hmm. full volume either because uh, there was definitely like a, she was still really loud. Like, I don't want to, like, act like I w- were being, like, over-sensitive hearing over here or something. Like, she was still too loud. And, again, nonstop. Like, it's not – there are moments in that podcast where it's okay to add a comment to your neighbor or whatever, and it will be fine. Because there's there's pauses and there's things like that. But she was just talking with them, and it was it was awful. And then I went and saw Flatliners today, and I was I was later than normal, too, of the movie. I, I, I came in halfway through the credits, which for uh, – not the credits, the trailers – um, at our theater, it's 20 minutes of trailer, so I still had like 10 minutes left when I got there before the movie was going to start. And um, it was fairly empty, which I expected because it was early on a Sunday where there's football for one. I don't know how many people are currently watching football, but normally Sundays at one is not a good time. Uh, is, I'm sorry, it's a very good time to go to the movies because people are not in the movies. Um, but uh, there were a few people in the theater, not many, and I sat in the back row. Um, the only seats that are left at the theater are there's two little like micro handicap sections. And sure enough, people decided to sit right behind me, even though neither of them were handicapped, um, at least not physically, and talked the whole. Yeah, that was a little passive aggressive. Uh, talked so much um, and not not it, I feel a little like less uh, irritated because it did feel like maybe they didn't. One of them was older, so maybe they didn't like fully grasp the proper etiquette, or they've just been watching movies at home recently. But oh my god, I was losing my mind, and I'm too considerate that I don't want to stand up and walk away because I don't want to imply that they were annoying me because I don't want them to be upset with me over something like that. I know it's stupid. I, I'm aware that it is stupid. If they had been in front of me, I would have moved in a heartbeat. But because they were behind me and I would have had to stand up and they would have seen me stand up, I didn't want to move. So I just <laughs> suffered with it. Now, they didn't talk the entire movie, but they talked enough that it, it was it was frustrating me. Um, and then at one point, they both they took turns going to the bathroom and then filled each other in what they missed. 
uh, while the other one was in the bathroom. So, yeah. Um, There's I, this really cool thing. Oh, boy. Where you can just find, like, the whole plot online, I'm sure. Yeah, it, it was, and again, honestly, uh, and I don't mean to ruin anything, but Flatliners um, is not doing well in theaters, and nor with critics, and it is it is not, uh, it is not good, unfortunately. Um, there are good things in it, but not enough to really justify me encouraging anyone to go see it, um, which is very unfortunate. Uh, I am, I am a big fan of Ellen Page, and I actually, I, I'm really growing to like Diego Luna. Um, mm-hmm. who was in Rogue One and now this? It currently has a three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Whoa! And uh, a th- like thirty-one on Metacritic. Um, it is not doing well. And uh, it, honestly, it, and I said this in my review. If if this was the only version of this movie, because it's not a sequel, by the way, I don't know what that rumor was. It is definitely not. There's nothing to indicate that it's a sequel at all. Wasn't Kiefer Sutherland's he, voice in? No, he's the he's in though? the he's in the movie, but he's not playing the same character. It, nope, nothing. There's no there's stunt, no revelation so stunt, about him. Stunt casting. It's like a cameo. It's like a paying homage to the original. Um, but mm-hmm. the, there's no. I was waiting for maybe a twist where his character would like reveal that he was this other guy and that he's already done this. But no, there's nothing like that at all. Um, and it mm-hmm. it follows the plot in some ways. It does. It is. It tries to be its own thing. Um, and it, it definitely takes, uh, I would say the thing it does most is it, it changes maybe, uh, the ambiguity, the ambiguity, ambiguity, sorry, of the first film, um, and tries to maybe give a little more of a definitive answer in this movie. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily good or bad, but, uh, it feels real rushed. Like I, I never felt connected to any of the characters. Like I do, I, the first movie I was really connected to all the characters. Like I felt like I knew what was going on with all of them. And I even... And again, this I just told a friend about this. Like Kevin Bacon repels down from a his dorm room window, and it it's just treated as if that was normal behavior. Um, and it's never brought up again in the movie. There's no real reason other than to maybe show he's risk averse. Um, or I'm sorry, risk he's a risk taker, not adverse. Uh, long day. Um, but yeah, uh, that scene, which I thought was so ridiculous when I, when we watched uh, the 1991 version or 1990 version. Uh, a couple weeks ago, it's um, that movie still great, even though there's that scene, that ridiculous scene, um, and this movie just it, there was really nothing I thought uh, that stood out as excellent or memorable, and it, it, in a lot of ways it, it felt more like a traditional horror film at points, like some of the scares and stuff that are built into the film felt very expected, like so. Not to, we're not reviewing that movie right now, but I couldn't help but I, I, I just saw it a couple hours ago, so it's fresh in the brain. Um, I just don't understand why they keep remaking all these movies. I, I could see it, the, the premise of the movie. I could see being very relevant right now, and if it, if there was like a fresh interpretation, or if the presentation was done in a way that was like thought provoking, great. It does feel like a commercial attempt of grabbing an audience, and it, it just, it just, I don't know. Uh, the women who talk the whole time seem to like it, though. So, you know, um, maybe it's just not mm. its not going to grab critics. Um, maybe, And they had seen the original, because I, I remember when Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland showed up, she did point out that he was in the original. Uh, yeah, so um, at least one of the two women saw it, the original. But uh, I want to get into our topic real quick. Well, actually, before we get into our topic, um, have you guys seen anything 
uh, you wanted to mention or anything? Well, I'm just, being that I love this month, I'm going to give it a go and try to watch uh, as much horror as I can because I, I, you know, and I revisited Return of the Living Dead 3, which I probably ah. shouldn't have, but I did this morning. And I thought, oh, yeah, this didn't hold up. But I was, I was surprised to find out how much work she had gotten, the, the female lead, uh, since then. But I just finished not a few moments ago. I would say about an hour ago. Uh, Horns. I'd never watched Horns. Oh, I watched Horns a few months ago. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. I, I liked it. Well, I, I, well, I think I would have watched it more quickly if I'd realized it was Alexander. I, I want to say Aja or Aja, because uh, he did High Tension, and I forget what else he's done. Something else. A couple of very, you know, very. Rich, it was different for him. It was darkly comic and and. I did enjoy it, so I'm glad I watched it. Hmm. Surprised how much sci-fi left in, because the, they even had the viewer discretion message oh, and everything. Nice. So I was like, oh, well, okay. Yeah, I, I watched Horns um, over the summer. One of my students that graduated had recommended it, and I, I, I ended up giving it a watch. and I liked it quite a bit. I mean, I didn't love it, but I, I did enjoy it. Um, there was some very expected stuff in it, but there was some unexpected stuff, too, that... Um, and I, I like the dark comedy that's built into it. Um, plus, Daniel Radcliffe is just great. Um, it's it's rare to see a, a kid that made his, you know, he was Harry Potter, be able to break away from that and, and still be really good and stuff. And everything I've seen, I haven't seen everything he's done, but I've seen Swiss Army Man, I've seen that. Um, and I feel like I saw something else with him. I haven't seen The Woman in Black, um, or The Woman in Black. I love that movie. Yeah, and mm. Mm, Mike's, Mike's not as much of a fan. I but, love it. Um, but, uh, I, I'm watching 31 horror films this month. I did it last year. Um, I'm doing it again. Although this year I am going to be revisiting some that I've wanted to rewatch. I'm not just watching new ones. Um, I am going to see the, the, the few horror releases today was one of them. Flatliners is a, listed as a horror film. Uh, there's the snowman that comes out this month that I'm very excited about. I hope it's good. Yes. And then, um, so. uh, happy death day, which I'm less excited about, but still going to go see in the theater. Um, and why well, the, the movie looks dumb but that song that they use in the trailer like, what song it's i don't even know cents. who it is uh, it's 50 cent um it's the, <laughs> okay in sorry the club. Uh, really? i don't know it, yeah it, yeah it I, works really I, well i just love it in the trailer i love it yeah. and it just like repeats and i don't know like gets me gets me into it but the movie looks um I don't know. I thought they did a good job. With I that. think it will depend on the tone the film takes. If it takes a dark comedy Lord. tone with it, I think it could be pretty entertaining. If it tries to take itself seriously, it might it might just be too much. Which, like, even in the trailer, it seems like they might be taking that comedic because um, yeah. she's like, you know, pointing around at the, the different things that are going to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, the choice of the mask, but is you can't help but be yeah. comedic. And you, I, I wonder. Mm, but I didn't realize because I was reading it as Blumhouse, and it's also Michael Landon's son, who was a scriptwriter on. Wait, no, 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 not. He's a direct. I forget. But I think it's from a script by. Yeah, I think Michael Landon's son is the director, but I think the script is Scott Lobdell, who I'm like, ooh, I know that name. And he he's he's a Marvel Comics writer. Oh, okay. So, and his his run, I think, on X Men and. 
he's done quite a bit of work. So I think I'm like, yeah, I know that name. And it's not a common name. And that's where it's from. So whether or not that's a good or bad thing is remains to be seen. If it's good, that means he'll be getting more work. Um, I was kind of surprised. I was surprised both at the, the Landon, Michael Landon connection and that Marvel comics connection as well. Um, and then, uh, so that, I'm, that's what I'm, my goal is this month. And Corey and I are watching um, each movie for movie club this month is going to be um, a horror film. We're going to be able to get five episodes in. Uh, so we'll have five horror themed episodes. We watched uh, Suspiria uh, for my first time, Corey's second, um, which we we're, we're, didn't hate but didn't love, uh, or at least not as much as everyone else seems to. And uh, this week we're going to be watching Raw from this year, which is uh, going to be released on Netflix on Wednesday, on October fourth. It comes to Netflix. Um, Wait, Raw, Raw, Raw. The uh, it's a movie that elicited uh, some movie theaters were issuing barf bags with the ticket purchase um, because it is a movie about. Uh, I believe I'm not looking at it, but it's a veterinarian student um, is put through a hazing ritual where she develops a, a taste for meat or something like that. Um, it, ultimately it's a cannibal movie. Um, I just don't know exactly to what extent, but it's supposed to be pretty gory and graphic and people were, uh, getting sick at screenings of it earlier this year. Um, I believe it is a French film, but I'm not a hundred percent on that. Um, but it, it's, say, what, what are we in the seventies? Well, I've heard seems so gimmicky. Oh dude, I've heard, uh, some, some of the film critics that I am a fan of have put this as their, their number one movie of the year. Um, so it, while it has this horror vibe, it's supposed to be expertly uh, crafted and, and a story that's just really compelling and interesting. Um, it just it goes for it, like apparently with the with the the eating parts, uh, it's graphic. Um, and it wasn't the 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 studio didn't issue the barf bags. Like studios, I think theaters were just like people got sick at the last screening, so we're going to give you a barf bag. Yeah, if you feel sick. <laughs> Don't, don't throw up on our floors, please. Uh, that's what that's my understanding. It was not a, a gimmick through like there wasn't like raw official like barf bag. Or anything. Um, but that's what we're watching this week. And again, it will be on Netflix. So, Mike, if you ever feel like uh, you want to be on Movie Club, you could always hop in, um, especially if you're already watching the horror movies, anyways. So, um, is, is it uh, is it three hours long? The movie or movie? No, I wouldn't be watching it. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I was like, the episodes I, are usually an hour, but, um, <laughs> yes, I'm a little worried. We keep talking about it and some things I'm fine with, but yeah, we'll find others, out. I, I mean, I can watch a zombie eat people. It's an hour 39. Yeah. It, it's, and again, it's supposed to be an excellent movie. I can't, I can't wait to watch it. I'm excited. Netflix is getting it. Um, I did confirm that, well, that uh, the other day. So that comes out Wednesday, Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Which is usually when I watch the movie club movie. So it works out perfectly. So, um, Corey, have you seen anything worthy of note? Or I'm assuming not really, because I just talked to you two days ago and you hadn't seen anything. So, yeah, I'm still unpacking, guys. I'm never moving again. Well, you did buy a house. You're stuck with that probably for 30 years, would be my guess. So, well, she's just made the mistake of saying that out loud. So, Dang it. in about three weeks, coming back to Knock Florida. Wood. I'll take hurricane season season over snow any day. You say that, but um, all right. No, it's true guys i know we lose I power know. too sometimes oh yeah I actually you lost power today randomly mike did you guys did i didn't yeah oh no we left the school lost power though because i 
I, apparently my boss was there and she's like, don't come up to the school. The power's out. Um, so this week's topic, top five replicants. Um, I left it open a lot for interpretation, but if you're not familiar with the Blade Runner movie, um, there are robots, essentially androids, whatever you want to call them that, um, look like humans. Like there's no way of knowing for sure uh, with the exception of this is getting into plot points in the movie, but like there's a little flicker in their eye that indicates they're a replicant. So essentially imposters. So that was the idea with this list is that we're going to be picking our top five uh, movie imposters. So somewhere in the film, uh, whether a major plot point or some character is pretending to be someone they are not. Um, and it could be a sci-fi you know, style, like a robot being a, a human, like in Blade Runner. Or it could be a person um, using a different name or a, fa a fake name or something along those lines. Basically, it was left open to interpretation. So our lists are going to probably be all over the place. We'll see what happens. I think it'll be kind of fun. So um, Corey's going to be going first this week. But before we get into our list, we have a few things to take care of. Um, just so you know, if you're a new listener, uh, we build our lists in secret. And this is us revealing them to each other now. And we tend to discuss the movies in pretty good detail um and Corey will give you a spoiler warning yes like john said we're probably going to ruin these movies for you if you want to go to burkreviews.com and check out our list ahead of time go ahead otherwise full steam ahead and um with that mike has a tendency to have seen films that Corey and i have not um more often than than we have so we've started wagering uh still kind of unofficial that's something else we need to to plan and, and make some kind of sense of the wager but we like to see uh how many of mike's movies we have seen i went first last week picking my number so Corey, you get to pick how many of mike's movies do you think you have seen <laughs> we always lowball and since this list will be all over the place i'm going with one this week and also dear listeners we usually just fight over who gets one or two movies yeah, except I'm gonna pick three this week. Um, oh dang! Uh, I'm 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 not sure how Mike interpreted the topic, but I feel like a lot of the ones that I know he has seen, um, I have seen, and uh, I'm I'm hoping that those are the ones that ended up on his list. The not necessarily the obvious ones, but some that are definitely uh, big picks. So I'm going with three. Um, we'll see how that goes. Probably will backfire, but. Last week, I only went one, and I think it, I still didn't win, so it doesn't matter. Um, well, uh -huh. Actually, neither of us won, because that's the catch. Corey, yeah. Corey hadn't seen two, but... Um, okay, uh, Corey's going to go first this week, and then Mike, and then me. Um, so, let's get into our top five movie replicants. Uh, Corey, what is your number five? Okay, I haven't seen this movie in a really long time. It came out in 99 and stars Drew Barrymore. Um this was one of the first movies that came to mind when I started thinking about this list, but Drew Barrymore plays Josie Geller in Never Been Kissed. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, and she is given an assignment by her boss at the newspaper she works for to go undercover for the story uh, on, you know, parents not really knowing what their kids are doing, I guess. Um, and she just goes full-blown uh, you know high school student but i feel like i always give away way too much when i talk about my movies no we're, but we, we gave spoiler we already gave the warning word um so she goes back in as the exact same nerdy girl she was in high school but her brother who was a popular kid um, ends up 
infiltrating the school with her and helping her like become part of the cool kids club and it she's never been kissed hence the title um and she ends up falling in love with her teacher which is obviously a no-no because he thinks she's legit a student but um i really like he does the right thing though he does he does and i'm in the company of two teachers talking on this podcast so um that i didn't want that to you know but yeah that was my number five never been kissed i have seen that um i don't think i ever watched it in one sitting though i think i've seen it like piecemeal um i think my wife likes that movie i am a fan of drew barrymore generally but it just felt a little cheesy yeah i mean her brother's david arquette um who ends up also going back to the high school uh and kind of reliving his glory days because he was a, a popular kid when he was in school but life has not been good to him um and you know there's some relatable stuff john c Riley's in it uh molly shannon um Directed by R- Raja Gosnell. Is that a guy or girl? It looks like I can't tell because the picture is two people. Come on. Oh, that's not helpful. <laughs> yeah, I still don't know. Um, but it could be a wait, born. That does not help either. Oh, he, he. There's a. I was looking for a pronoun in the description. It's a he. All right. So, um. Oh. Yeah, it, it, sixty on Metacritic. So it's it's. You know, it's a movie that is, it's definitely got some fandom, and I didn't think about it uh, when I was looking at, you know, building my list, but that's a really great example of exactly how we can interpret this. She is a real human. She's not like a robot or anything, but she is playing, pretending to be somebody she isn't. Um, so definitely fits the uh, the idea here. She's infiltrated and become one of them, one of us. So good, good pick, Corey. I like that. Mike, have you ever seen Never Been Kissed? Yeah, I've seen it a few times. I like Drew Barrymore, and I like uh, it's Michael Vartan. I think that plays the teacher, Amelius, if I remember right. Um, and, yes. Um, and it's my my thing is is you know that whole, at least he was ethical and wasn't because that could have been. But there's still the fact that her brother, you know, that's creepy. Her brother was really creepy. David Arquette. And I guess that's. Yeah, David Arquette was good at that. It's just, mm, kinda, <laughs> uh, and there are stories of that. I know I've seen uh, news stories where people have assumed high school, oh, and, and not for Twenty One Jump Street purposes, <laughs> just to you know, I guess relive their the glory the days. Watersons, yeah, be all right, all right, all right. I know, dude. That's just, that's funny. Yeah, uh, I was thinking about that character earlier today. Um, I, I can't get into it on the podcast, but. I'll tell you the creepy story later, but um, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't creepy. But in my head, like the way the conversation had went, if the person had quoted McConaughey, it would have been extremely creepy. He didn't, thank goodness. Mm. But in my because of my movie, you know, over oversaturated brain, that's my head went like he better not say the line from uh, from I almost said half baked from uh, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I need a nap. Um, yeah, uh, I I can't even get the movie out. I. What is it called? <laughs> Help me, guys. OMG, now that you said that, now I've forgotten. It's a Richard Days Linklater. Confused? Days yes, confused. it was like right on the top of my tongue, tip of my tongue. Oh my god, I couldn't get that. Sorry. I need, baked? Uh, no, I'm yeah, not. No. I am I am <laughs> extremely tired, though. Uh, Alright, so that's that's Corey's pick. Never Been Kissed uh, from 1999 with Drew Barrymore. Let's go to Mike's number five. What you got? 
All right. Well, this pick probably has the is very likely to have the lowest scores of my picks, but I think overall, my most of mine have very low scores. But it made my list nonetheless. Uh, Robert Rodriguez is the faculty from 1998. Oh, dude, I didn't think of that one. I've seen that one. Yes. Starring a young Georgiana Brewster, Claire Duvall, Josh Hartnett, and Elijah Wood, as well as a slew of other A, A- and B-listers, Selma Hayek, John Stewart, Piper Laurie, Robert Patrick. I, I can't list them all. They, they, they got all sorts of people involved in this. They did. Um, and it, In any case, uh, I, I thought of it, or at least originally thought of it as uh, an updated blackboard jungle or i guess in a way kind of a retooling or reworking of invasion of the body snatchers yeah, yeah definitely as well uh, with the well because it's invasion of the body snatchers it has it's going to have that extraterrestrial twist but when i was going blackboard jungle i was thinking oh it's blackboard jungle with extraterrestrial bent to it but now that i threw invasion of the body snatchers that's a given uh, Rodriguez worked off of a script from Kevin Williamson, which I figure is a little uncommon for him. I thought Rodriguez kind of stuck with stuff he comes up with on his own, typically. I'm thinking of Mariachi, Desperado, mm -hmm. uh, the Spy Kids, Spy Kids. Uh, and all, uh, Shark, Shark Boy and Lava, Lava Girl. Girl. Whoa. Yeah. So. Planet Terror. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I figured, so this is different, but, you know, I figured that's what stuck out to me because Scream's release kevin williamson and i had that association overall for me it was pretty fun it may not have fully lived up to its possible potential but i, I think just for what it is just a, an alien I, again Corey, having mentioned that both of us are teachers there's definitely you know the that feeling way back when when we were students oh my teacher's an alien and i know there's that joke in men in, men black. in black that mm -hmm. that that ha addresses that but Overall fun, and I, despite the ratings, uh, 6.4 on IMDb, 61 Metascore, 53% Rotten Tomatometer, and 53% Audience Score as well. So yeah. not the best ratings, but I felt I felt it felt fit the criteria. I, it definitely does, and it's one I, I'm kind of sad that I forgot. Um, I don't think it would have made my top five, but it was a movie that when it came out, I was a big fan of. Um, this mm -hmm. was I had a Same. few movies that my cousin Kimberly. Um, would I don't usually name drop, uh, but she would like kind of bring me into because she wanted to watch it over and over and over again, and um, the living room wasn't wasn't available. I had a, a VCR in my uh, room, so um, oh no, not the, this is after the punishment. <laughs> um, and so like I kind of got like Scream was one of them which she loved, and at first I liked, but I didn't love. But over time, I I, I completely love Scream now. Um, I think there was that because of the Skeet Ulrich attraction. There was kind of like this, like, okay, whatever, freaking Pretty Boys is the only reason this movie's popular. Um, and then uh, The Faculty, kind of the same thing, but I, I was into this one because of the sci-fi element. There's some some pretty crazy violence in this movie, if I remember correctly, and that would make sense with Rodriguez. Mm -hmm. um, I Which, of course, at the time, I didn't realize it was the same guy that did Desperado. I had no clue um, at the time, for sure. But uh, this was one that got into heavy rotation with those movies, and then... Um, there was a third movie. I can't think of what it was. I think the third one I didn't love, though, but I just kept letting her watch. But I can't remember what it was right now. But um, this was I, one I've been wanting to get because, I, I, like, when my daughter first got interested in horror movies a few years ago, I bought Final Destination, which we still have never watched together. Um, and I, I was gonna, I wanted to show this one, too, because these those are two horror films that I really liked when I was in high school. And I thought, like... They're they they feel toned down compared to other horror movies that are out there. You know, at least in my memory, they might be awful 
not like in terms of quality, but in terms of like what's in the movie. But I, I just blocked it out or whatever. But um, yeah, I've been I've been wanting to rewatch this one. I might have to try to uh, find this on digital or something. I also really liked this movie when it came out, but I haven't seen it in a long time. I feel like I too should revisit it. Yeah. Uh, good pick, Mike. I, I totally didn't even think about that one. And I, you know, I think it was on the tip of my tongue and I just couldn't pull it up because whenever we do these lists, I have, I do research, but I also have movies that are like, I'm like, I know I saw one. What is it? And I just can't pull it out of my head. And I think Every this is one of those um, that I couldn't pull up, even though it was like sitting on the periphery of my mind, just could not get it. However, I was able to think of the movie that I picked for my number five um, almost instantly. Uh, and it's a film that I've not seen probably since high school. But I used to watch this all the time because it was in kind of a constant loop on HBO. That was, I think, maybe a downside of having HBO and Showtime and stuff as a kid um, is that anytime a movie I liked was on, I would just rewatch it instead of watching like new stuff or, or like seeking things out because I didn't have full access to everything. So this was one of many movies that are not rated very high that I have seen far too many times. Um, but... This movie features a young man um, who has been kicked out of the sport that he loves and is refuses to give it up and so decides to dress up as a girl and play for the girls' team, and that is Ladybugs yes. from 1992. Um, oh my gosh. I love this movie. <laughs> yeah, man. Mike, you don't like – you were too old, Mike. That's the problem. You were, you were uh, already like – outgrown Jonathan La- uh, uh, Jonathan jo- Brandis. Brandis that's it I knew I was like I almost said Landis I'm like it's not Landis Brandis um, what yeah I screwed it up but Robert Danger uh, Rodney Danger good lord man let's just call it I can't <laughs> I am I'm up so Rodney Dangerfield I, I don't like to reveal uh, this no type of information uh, Ladybugs has a 14% on the tomato meter um, <laughs> and a 5.3 user score. So even users don't like this. And again, I haven't seen this since I was a kid. But when I was a kid, it was on HBO all the time. I was a fan of Jonathan Brandis from his uh, movie Sidekicks with Chuck Norris. Not that that was good either, but I loved martial arts. So I, any <laughs> any martial art movie basically won me over, and I was I was in. Um, and so when I saw Ladybugs, I was I was in, and uh, it was on all the time. So I just would watch it. It's funny. I, I wouldn't say it holds up. Again, I have not seen it, so it could be really, really bad if I were to see it. But um, at the time, uh, it was great, and it totally fits our theme. So I had to put it on my list because he dresses up as a girl throughout the film, which, of course, creates a lot of com- comedic moments. Um, and, I, you know, it's funny, though, is I hate soccer. Maybe this is why. <laughs> Maybe this movie oh, ruined soccer for me um, forever. But it's it's a possibility because I I am not a fan of it and I've tried recently. Well, what year were they in Brazil? Uh, not Brazil, maybe Brazil. Whatever year those annoying horns came into the World Cup, I start uh, I tried watching. Yeah. Mm. Mhm. And I, that was not the reason I didn't like it, although it didn't help. So, uh, and I I'm sorry, those of you who love soccer, it just doesn't work for me. But Ladybugs was my pick for number five. Now I want a didgeridoo. <laughs> Have you ever seen Ladybugs, Mike? Uh, no, and I think the Metacritic or the scores kind of give me an idea. I'm okay that I haven't. I mean, it's it's. Me- I think it would have been a good movie um, in terms of like for kids because there's a lot of positive things about it. even like um, there's a girl who doesn't think she's very pretty, and he helps her like kind of find confidence. Like there's a lot of that, um, you know, 
inspirational, maybe even like after school movie type thing mixed with Rodney Dangerfield cleaned up comedy, you know, like still does that good no respect joke and whatnot, but um it's it's cleaned up quite a bit. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe Jonathan Brandis was his stepson and uh, <laughs> he sees the opportunity um to uh, get the kid, you know, back into the sport he loves, but also help his girls' soccer team that is not doing very well. It's the underdog kind of situation, but and and in like most movies that are similar to this, Jonathan Brandis has a crush on one of the girls on the team, and there's a whole like, you know, uh, other, well, I don't want to say other movies that are in the same vein because it might be on one one of your lists, but yeah, it, uh. it had good stuff. It had it had good stuff in it. Again, not great. I'm I think sure, it was but... really fun as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I I don't know. I used to watch it a lot too and I I love I loved it. I don't know and I don't think I feel like it's might be kind of like how Pixar is for us now. <laughs> Not apparent, but <laughs> like uh, you know what I mean where it's like it's in, it's funny for the kids and the parents, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's not, I don't yeah, think the there parents a, would be like, oh my god, you know? There were adult jokes because of Rodney Dangerfield. Man, I cannot get names right tonight. Um and uh yeah, there was you know some sexual jokes that were embedded into things um, that even at that time. I mean, I was uh, eleven or twelve when it. I was maybe ten when it came out, but by the time I was watching it, I was probably twelve, and so I was picking up on some of them, but not all of them necessarily. But you know, um, but yeah, that's that's my number five. So let's go into Corey's number four, uh, top five replicants. So sometimes I have to totally you know, bring girl picks to the uh, top five. So this is another one. And I, another, I am not even sure which channel I used to watch this on, but I remember it used to be on TV a lot and I loved it. Um, I chose Terry Griffith and just one of the guys. Oh, I almost, I literally almost mentioned that movie when I was talking about ladybugs. (laughs) Yes. And I don't know what channel it used to be on, but I felt like it used to be on all the time. But, um, Terry, um, wants to um become a oh my god she wants to get an internship at a newspaper but she thinks she's not being taken seriously because not only is she a girl but she's very attractive so she decides to go undercover as a guy in a different school and try to submit her story that way but she kind of gets to be popular at both schools i mean she's not like super popular at the other school whatever but how many of us would oh sorry go ahead what kind of teachers are this that are not taking attendance of this child? There, I know. Just and how do they get to just sign up in schools without like legal documents? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Any, <laughs> um, but um, she ends up finding out after all it wasn't because she's a girl or that she's attractive that her story just isn't getting the attention that she wanted. Um. But along the way, she, she of course, they keep falling in love with people. She falls in love with the nerdy guy she helps to try to become popular and goes on a date. I didn't realize that that was Sherilyn Flynn. Flynn. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Sorry. See, I remember this, but I don't remember her. So now I'm going to have to watch this. I just, I remember, like, there's, like, a big hubbub because she's, have it, there's like a scene in her house where I think somebody's showing up. I think it's the nerdy guy that she's a friend with. She's friends with, and then her brother's like helping, but she's having to like go back and forth between being a girl because I think her boyfriend is showing up at her house, too, or something. I don't know. It's kind of nuts, but 
Yeah, I I watched this. I think it was on HBO or something when I was a kid too. Um, and I I, I definitely saw this a couple of times. Um, I'm very familiar with the premise of the film more than anything. And now when um, it's on my honorable mentions actually, um, because I it fits the the theme perfectly. Um, I just wasn't sure. It's definitely not. And the five movies that I picked are definitely more of my favorite type films than than this particular one, but. Um, definitely one that I remember seeing as a kid and haven't seen since, but I think it's, um, my wife is into a lot of eighties movies and I know we've talked about this movie before cause it's one that I think she liked when it was, when she was younger. So. Yeah, this one was really well liked and I just didn't catch it. I know most, you know, the whole just, it's just, I don't remember watching it. I, I must not have had that channel, Corey. Yeah. Whatever, whatever channel it was on Corey. Does it have one of the Corys well, in it? Mm-mm. Oh, William Zapka's in this. What? That's awesome. I only know him from Karate Kid. And, he, had um, he had other work. I know, right? He's Johnny Lawrence. I wonder if he kicked someone in the face. I bet you he's a bad guy. Shook the leg. You know he's a bad guy because there's no way he's not. Yeah, even in in the picture that I'm looking at on IMDb, he's like wearing like a cut off like tank top type shirt. And like <laughs> fingerless gloves, so yeah, he was uh, kicking butt and taking names. Um, uh-huh. All right, well, that's Corey's number uh, four. Um, just one of the guys from 1985. Mike, what do you have for your number four? Oh yeah, well, I'm gonna see your chick pick and and call it and raise it. I don't know. <laughs> okay. It doesn't matter. I don't even. I, I don't poker. Um, Jodie Foster is going to make my list again uh, in this pick, playing the lead against Richard Gere's titular character in 1993's Summersby. This was actually an American remake of The Return of Martin Guerra from 1982, which starred Gerard Depardieu, that played the title character in that version. Mm-hmm. This is set during the Reconstruction era with farmer John Jack Summersby returning to his farm, his family's farm, after six years of being gone and actually having been presumed dead as well during the Civil War. And it's one of those few romantic dramas that's made makes an appearance on my list. And I actually remember seeing this theatrically as well. It heads into the territory of melodrama on occasion, but it kept at least this audience member curious enough to finish out the film and see whether Jack is really who he says he is because, well, there are different clues, and I'll get to it into it. I don't want to give it too much away, but and I'm not even going to give away the final fate of Summersby here, or I, I just hadn't planned to. But there are different things because the returned Jack is, you know, he's sharing from Homer's Odyssey and the way he treats the children and the former slaves, but now freed, and just different, the way Jodie Foster, the wife's character, definitely picks up and it's like, she's not sure, this is not the Jack I remember, and kind of maybe attributes it to the way things were in the Civil War or something along those lines, and it, it comes down where they're figuring, trying to figure out, well, who is this guy? If he's not who he says he is, but I mean, he's a dead on dead ringer for Summersby. Mm. So they kind of go back and forth and then several things happen near the end. And you're like, well, oh, and yeah. 
So it, it, it I, I can't remember if Rachel liked this one or not, but uh, it was really odd to see Jodie Foster and Richard Gere together, you know, romantically. But I liked it. Hmm. I have not seen that one. Um, I've it, never even heard of it. It's a, a familiar sounding story, though. I think it's been done in other, obviously in the, the mm, one that inspired mm-hmm, it, but just mm-hmm. it's been done in different ways in the past as well. Um, there's something recent, I think, even where that was the premise. I can't think of what it is where someone, man, is going to see this is what I'm talking about. Like it's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't, I can't even pull it. I just remember this, this premise being very, uh, similar to something else. Rodney Dangerfield in it. Yes. And there was a soccer team. No, wait, that's not it. Oh, Oh. wait, no. All right. Well, Summersby, uh, not summer like the, the, uh, season. Uh, S- S O double M E R S B Y Summersby. Well, I hope y'all are ready to get a little bit more uh, old school here. I'm going to 1992 again, second time in a row. Um, and this this movie uh, is another guilty pleasure in a, in a lot of ways. I, I haven't seen it uh, in, in a long time. Same thing. This was a regular repeat on HBO. I have seen this one since I was an adult, though, and there were still parts that made me laugh. Um, there was an acting duo. They had a few movies, and I was a fan of, I think, all of them. Um, but they weren't as famous for their movies as they were for their rap. However, I don't think I ever listened to any of the rap outside of the movies, and that is uh, Kid and Play. You guys familiar with Kid and Play? Yes! <laughs> they had a movie called Class Act where um, there was a mistaken identity. One was a uh, troublemaker and more athletic, and one was a uh, genius nerd, and they get switched. Um, not like they're not in a body switch type movie where they're, per- they're actual like personality switch, but uh, by a chance mistaken identity type situation, they have the opportunity to become the other one, and they learn from each other's uh, ex- life experiences and whatnot. Um, it's... You know, it's vulgar at times, but I always found it very, very entertaining. As a 6.0 IMDb user score, though, which is I'm pretty excited about to see that actually. As maybe I'm not the only one who was a fan, but um, I think House Party was much more successful in terms of popularity. But this has a 17% on Rotten Tomato, so I think just a little higher than uh, Lady uh, Ladybugs, but. I, I really enjoyed this uh, for a long time when I was a kid. It was the one anytime it was on, I was gonna watch it. Um, there's a lot of funny parts. Uh, there's some ridiculous parts, of course, um, but it fits our theme perfectly. As the two get the opportunity to take, you know, to literally be in the other one's shoes and experience what it would be like to be from that side of the uh, the equation, so to speak. So, class act. Have you guys seen this ever? I've not. I remember it. I remember. Um, was, didn't they have another? Uh, house this was the only one I thought. House party. Yeah, house party and house party two. Yeah, Apparently, there was a third one. I can't. I couldn't remember if they yeah. were in the third one. I I, I think there's oh. a fourth one, um, with uh, little Romeo was the lead. I think in the fourth one or the. Uh, yeah, because they they were introduced in one of them. As like the younger brother or, or like cousin or something to kid, I think, and then they brought it into another movie. Um, they they kind of try to do like National Lampoons, where you just keep it going and hope people don't notice that it's changed. But I don't think the, the that one did well. But but House Party is also great, but it's not a it's not an imposter movie, so it didn't count. Sure. Mm. 
All right. Well, class act. That's uh, that's my pick. Let's move. Uh, we're moving through pretty good now. Corey, what's your number three uh, re- replicant film? So I have a hard time. I kind of do the same thing that you do, but I always get writer's block when I make my lists. But number three is Pennywise, the dancing clown from it from oh. this year. Okay. He takes on, um, I mostly remember that he takes on the, uh, image of, oh my God, the little brother. Why am I forgetting his name? Georgie. I think Georgie. 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 Yes. So. Oh, I thought you were going to say more. You just stopped there. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I can't think of words today, but, um, I think that everyone in America has seen this movie now. Um, uh, but nope. Nope, sorry. Um, I really liked it, and I was really impressed by um, Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. I, I, I need to go see this. You do. You really, really do. Um, I didn't think about him as a imposter, but yeah, he definitely... I mean, because technically even Pennywise is an imposter, if, if you know the, the story from the books and stuff, so... <laughs> um, that that That's a good pull. It, it's... A little, little too current, but I'll, I'll, you know, it's fine. It's fine, Corey. Sorry. <laughs> Why is mine a little too current? I don't know. It was easy to point it the just finger. just came out two weeks ago? and Or three three weeks ago, and you just saw it a week ago, so. <laughs> yeah. Feels like cheating, but it's fine. Um, Why is it cheating? <laughs> I don't know. It's not. It's fine. It's just, maybe I'm mad because I didn't think of it, so. Um, okay. Yeah, but I've seen I have seen it. I liked I saw it twice actually. Um Oh dang. So I saw it once for Mike. So Wow. There you go, sir. Get a movie pass. Um Mike, what's your number Jeez. three? <laughs> well, this one and I can't believe I didn't do the stats for Summersby. Oh well. You guys can look them up. Uh this pick, my number three pick, feels very familiar to me, so if I've used it before, I apologize. But uh I'm recycling it anyway. 1984's Body Double from Brian De Palma. It definitely traces back. I can trace it back to my stepdad introducing it to me way back when. And the gist is a down-on-his-luck bit part actor jumps at the chance to house sit at a home located in the hills. And he finds himself, well, the guy's showing it around. And I forget, I know it's Bill Watson. has a very young Melanie Griffith in it. Um, can't think of any other stars really that stand out. Uh, to me but the guy that that gets the main character in on the apartment a home it's a it's a really cool home it's like well and you gotta see this this is his bonus feature and there's a neighbor who puts on a air quotes nightly show without realizing that she can be watched because the guy's the guy's creepy he used a telescope and so while going on the nightly emotions of spying on his neighbor he ends up the main character you know once he's settled in he ends up witnessing or becoming witness to her murder he sees what looks to be this very large native american person kind of drill killer or does he because you know i think he he obviously does what a well how do you explain that you're you know because he's being creepy it's uh very odd but there is there definitely is someone that has been killed but by the time you know he gets the police or he figures a way to explain it uh like everything's been cleaned up and there's no so it's like he's he looks suspect you know at this point 
as it as the story goes through, he accidentally discovers that there's a a, a film a movie person that has the marking like the stick distinguishing marks as far as tattoos and marking, and then he's like trying to put this together. It, it's it's easier to see it and watch it, and knowing any Brian De Palma films, uh, Dress to Kill, Blowout, anything that he's done in the past, it, it's definitely a long. It's his usual brand of mystery as well as bloodletting, and it, it builds on on what he's done in the past. He, mm. it, it, it's it makes more sense watched as as far as that than trying to explain it. It's, it's kind of difficult to explain. It makes more sense. Uh, let's see, 6.8 IMDb score, 69 meta score, 77% fresh tomatometer rating. The audience score percentage is lower at 64%. All right. I haven't seen that one. Um, I need Brian De Palma is actually a lot of his big movies are are on my gap list. Uh, they're movies I really need to get caught up with, especially some of his the bigger name ones. I've seen some of his more recent stuff. Uh, at least Mission Impossible, um, which I didn't realize he directed until just now, actually, but I did see that. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of his films I need to see, and this one seems interesting. Um, it does have a rear window vibe to it. Yes, definitely. It's almost like his homage to it. Yeah, which I, I've, I've a lot of the directors pay homage to, to Hitchcock, so it's not surprising at all, but um, I am a big fan of rear window, so I'm intrigued by that alone. So. Hmm. Which is a little. I haven't. Oh, go ahead, Corey. Oh, I said I haven't seen this, but his name sounded familiar, and I just saw that he directed Scarface. Yeah, that's that's one that's mm-hmm. been on my mm-hmm. my gap list for a long oh, time. We need, yeah, yeah, we've, you keep, we've been saying it. that for a while. <laughs> one day I'll watch it with you, and then I'll finally say, "Oh, I saw Scarface." Um, At that point, maybe I'll find my two VHS copy of it, and we'll have to get a VHCR. I mean, I I own it. I have it on Blu-ray, but oh, oh, wow, even better. Yeah, I have it. Uh, the special collectors like comic book tin um, that the Walmart had a few years ago. They were like five, five or ten bucks for like these special edition tins, um, and I really liked the uh, the artwork on it. I wanted to get Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, but I already owned them, so I couldn't justify buying them just for the the metal case like Corey does. But um, oh. I knew that was coming. Yeah, it was going to happen. Um, <laughs> all right. So my number uh, three involves a man not taking just one personality or one persona, but many personas <gasps> as he's on the run from Tom Hanks. And that is uh, 2002's Catch Me If You Can, um, directed by Steven Spielberg. Oh. <laughs> um, not the movie Corey thought it was, apparently. And uh, stars Leo <laughs> DiCaprio, Christopher Walken, Tom Hanks, Martin Sheen, um, Amy Adams is in a, a good scene. Or good sequence, I should say. Uh, 75, 76 Metacritic, 8.1 user score. I had not seen this until last year, right before The Revenant came out, or right after The Revenant came out. I finally watched it. And um, I, I was loved it, and was like really kind of mad at myself for not watching it. One, it came out in 2002, and I was on a very anti-Leonardo DiCaprio, because all the girls that I went to high school with had a crush on him, and it made me angry. Uh, kick still. I hadn't quite gotten over that yet. Uh, it would be a few more years before I finally uh, became a fan of him myself, you know, once I was no longer felt like I was competing. Not that I ever had a chance to compete with him, mind you. I'm just saying, like, that, uh, you know, I was no longer felt like a rival or even, like, the nerd and he's the jock. It just became, oh, he's a really good actor. What was I thinking? And then I, I didn't know this was a Spielberg film until I watched it last year. And, uh, you know, 
Um, I am a I am a fan of Spielberg. A lot of my some of my favorite movies are Spielberg movies: Jaws, Jurassic Park, uh, Close Encounters. Um, and this movie is not one of my favorite Spielberg films necessarily, but it is a film that I like quite a lot. And for this list, it works perfectly as uh, the whole premise of our main character, um, whose name I am now forgetting. Um, trying to, it won't go back. Come on, IMDb. Uh, Frank Abernathy or Abagn I don't know how to say because it it's it's not Abagnal. Um, is based on a true story too, which is interesting that this guy actually did this, uh, was running away from the government and, uh, if I remember stealing lots of money, um, one of my favorite sequences in the movie is when Tom Hanks first encounters him and how he's able to, uh, yet again, assume another identity, uh, of a, of a, a, I think another FBI agent or a cop of some kind and get away. Um, and when Tom Hanks realizes it, like how frustrated he is, it's just, I love that scene. It's very funny. Um, and really plays perfectly for this topic. So that's my pick. It's a good pick. I mean, he does kind of morph into all these different, how he did that and assumed all those identities was just crazy. Yeah. And, um, the ending of the movie too is pretty crazy. Uh, I won't, I won't go into it, but cause it's not, it's not necessary for the point of talking about it. But if you, if you were like me and slept on that movie, I highly recommend going back and checking it out. All right, we're already at number two, guys. We're going pretty quick with this week's list. Uh, Corey, what is your number two? Okay, I know I've talked about this movie before on our podcast, but I went with 2015's Ex Machina. Ah, I could have totally, totally gone with Alicia Vikander's character, given how the film ends. Everyone um, would believe she is just a regular woman, but I am choosing Kyoko, ah. Nathan's housekeeper. Yeah. Because for the longest time, we don't know that she is a robot. <laughs> so, um, and I just remembered, like, when we find out, I was just like, holy heck. And then, yeah. Yeah. There, he's, he, uh, Nathan's a creep to her in the movie. Um, there's, like, that crazy dance sequence. Um, but I just love this movie. And I'm really excited that he, the director is going to be making a new movie. Well, I, I'm surprised he hasn't already, but um, Ex Machina is one I, I really want to rewatch. What's that? Mm-hmm. Well, it's Alex Garland, so I'm surprised that he hasn't already. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like uh, the expectation after Ex Machina, though, is definitely high because that movie does so much so well, and it's such a small movie. Um, even though you have three now big actors, I don't think they were as large at the time for sure. Although Domhnall Gleeson is a uh, legacy actor, his you know his father is Brendan Gleeson, um, who is a terrific actor and in tons of stuff, and then his brother um, is now acting too. Apparently, he's he's been in some things, but he's not had the same success that Domhnall has had because that dude just seems to be in everything. Everything. Um, like every year, he's got like five movie credits that are all like big successful movies. So, um. Yeah, I, I I really want to rewatch Ex Machina. I, I kind of was wondering where you were going when you picked it, um, because yes. the audience knows. I mean, there's the audience could know the whole time too, and, and the characters not know. But in the movie with Alicia Vikander's character, the people that we're we're with until the end, like you said, which still would have counted. But I wasn't thinking that far. I was thinking like overall, and I was trying to think. Well, is she going like because? Uh, Oscar Isaac's character kind of pretends to be one way and then he's a different way, which isn't technically an oh, imposter. But I, yeah. I thought you might have been going that. But I totally forgot about the uh, the the girlfriend slash housekeeper or whatever assistant. I'm not even sure what her role was supposed to be. But yeah, that 
you don't know for most of the film that she is a robot and it's it's pretty crazy so yeah good pick thanks um mike you have anything to add to ex machina i really enjoyed it i made it a point not to include it just because i Mm. Well, I don't know. You're right. It was smallish, and more people need to see it. So it was tough not including it. All right. There you go. Um, what do you got for your number two, Mike? Well, being a fan of Bruce Campbell's, this pick was very easy for me. 2002's Bubba Hotep. Oh, yes. man. And <laughs> the idea that the king had grown weary of his life of luxury and decided to give it up by switching places with an Elvis impersonator is a conspiracy theorist's dream. It totally seems legit. It seems it works and fits extremely well with the overall story of Bubba Hotep, a film about an ancient mummy working its way through the residence of the Shady Rest retirement home. Add, adding to that, the resident that is convinced he's John F. Kennedy that has been hidden away after the assassination attempt in Texas, and now things get rolling. Don Coscarelli, director of Movie Club's least favorite film, Phantasm, helmed this, and oh, the no. film has a twisted sense of humor to it, which I'm quite all right with. And I still keep hoping for the proposed sequel, but it seems it'll never be because, I, from what I read, Campbell's no longer associated with it, although Paul Giamatti is. Uh, mm. I forget who's playing. Anyway, uh, it seems to be stuck in development limbo so it's sad really but you know at least we have this one and and we can enjoy it on its own Bubba Hotep stats 7.2 IMDB 57 Metascore 78% fresh rating and a 79% audience score yeah that makes sense it's definitely got like a cult vibe to it and I've seen this one so I'm two I think I'm two of your five so far so as long as I've seen number one I will hit my quota of three Oof, it's getting Ooh, that close. never happens. It's getting close. That never happens. Um, Corey, you've seen this one, though. Yes. So you have your one. So if I don't get my three, you win. Hey, hey, hey. What do we win? We don't have prizes. We're we getting prizes. there, man. We're getting I know. There. We need prizes. That'll be in the future. Um, if we were doing this live, we could pick name tags like on DLM, but, you know, we're not. So sad day. But... um. I, I've only seen this once, I think, and I, I, I've been wanting to rewatch it because I am a big fan of Bruce Campbell, and I did enjoy it my first watch, but I, I definitely would like to watch it again. Hey, this is the month. I think it's on. Oh, you don't have Xfinity. Um, hmm. Oh, I own it, too. It's on my shelf. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I actually got this one. Uh, I have a friend who's more into books, and I gave him all of my books, and he gave me all of his DVDs. So. Yeah. Oh, we, nice try. We swapped. Yep. Um, and this was one of them, so I was excited to, to get this in my collection uh, back then. But, all right. Um, Bubba Hotep. Corey, you have anything you want to add? No, I didn't even think about that one, though. Yeah, I didn't either, and that makes perfect sense. Um, all right, well, mine, uh, my next, my number two is a romantic comedy from 2015 um, that stars one, uh, two of my favorite people, um, Simon Pegg and Lake Bell, uh, called Man Up. Now, I don't remember. I feel like I might have talked about this one at another point. Um, but uh, the whole premise of this one is a mistaken identity. Um, Simon Pegg is meeting a blind date, and she's supposed to be holding a book. And um, by coincidence, Lake Bell is holding that book instead. And uh, when he approaches her, she starts to tell him that you have the wrong person, but she's intrigued by him. 
So she decides to pretend to be the other girl. And so they go out and they, they start to hit it off. And uh, as you can anticipate in a rom-com with that setup, that there's going to be some conflict later on because of this. But it's uh, it's one of my favorite rom-coms that I don't feel enough people have seen. So I like to talk about it whenever possible. Lake Bell is fantastic. Um, she she doesn't get enough work, in my opinion. But she, everything I've seen her in, she's fantastic. And she did have a new film. She's also a director, too. Um, she had a, her most recent film came out this year in the festival circuit. And I don't, I don't think it's getting as positive reviews as her previous films, but, um, I am a big fan of her as an actress and a director. And, uh, this movie, I think she's great. And if you get a chance to, uh, to see man up, it was on Netflix at one point. I don't know if it still is, but I highly recommend it. It's, it's, uh, if you're, especially if you're a Simon Pegg fan, cause he's just always so charming. I haven't seen that one. I wasn't even aware of it. So, and oh. I do like like Bell. She was on, uh, I forget the NBC show, but it had the little kind of alien sea creatureish kind of thing. It didn't last very long. Sea Quest or something like that. No, no, it wasn't Sea Quest. No? It was long after that. Oh, okay, I, mean, I don't know what I'm talking about. But um, she's in uh, What Happens in Vegas with Cameron Diaz and Ashton Kutcher. She's probably the funniest part of that movie. Um, and she has a uh, movie she directed called In a World. Um, yeah, that's that one sounds great. Yeah, it is. Uh, definitely highly recommend that one, too. Man Up, she did not direct, but it, it is just such a awesome rom-com um, directed by Ben Palmer, who uh, it's the only movie I think I've seen of his. So, um, But I heard about Man Up on Doug Loves Movies, and I went, I, I seeked it out because it sounded interesting. And... Um, it is from the the female's perspective too, like the whole thing. Even the the name of it has kind of that ironic twist, because man up is usually something a guy says to a, another guy or to themselves. You know, like come on, be a man. And in this case, she's the one who's supposed to man up. She's supposed to like you know step up and be brave and admit what she wants. And it's just just it's great. It's really funny. Uh, there's a lot of endearing moments. Um, can't I can't recommend it enough. Has a 69 Metacritic and 6.8 user score on IMDb. Um, but my wife and I both really liked this when we watched it. So, I dug up that TV series called Surface. She was a marine uh, biologist on Surface. There you go. Mm. All right. Well, we're at number ones, guys. Um, Corey, what is your number one movie replicant? Well, um, it's from Alien Covenant. Not... Mm, Sorry, I still just love Prometheus. It just doesn't live up to Prometheus to me. But the scene where David impersonates Walter. Oh, okay. Okay. When he gets back on the ship. I didn't know if that would really count because they look the same, but he's pretending to be him. Yeah, that's uh, one major spoiler. If you haven't seen Alien Covenant. and you Sorry, guys. Uh, that is a huge spoiler to the plot. Although she hasn't revealed exactly when, so not as big of a spoiler yet. But um, I know when, and so I'm like, ooh. That's definitely, uh, Mike, if you haven't seen it yet, sorry, because you, you probably already read the spoiler anyways, but... I already saw it. Oh, okay, you did see oh. it. Um, but it is interesting that you went with this movie, because there's, uh, I would say Alien has the better um, situation, at least, for the uh, the replicant-type character, with, <laughs> um, where you don't know Ash, Ash is a android till really late in the movie. Yes, and I love Ash so much. He's like... One of my favorite characters in the whole... I didn't even think about him, but... You love Ash? 
He's psychotic. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> the second movie, what was his Bishop. name? Bishop. Bishop. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But Bishop. You, but you but know we, he's... No, no, she's, know. Admitted, she's admitted her love of the psychopaths. So. No. <laughs> Duly noted. No, but, no you said. Well, Martha anyways. Says, I love Ash, she says. I, I love Ash from Evil Dead. Evil Dead. Um, Corey, yes. I will say, though, that your pick with uh, with David and Walter, I definitely think it counts. Um, it's an interesting one, though, because I think most of our other picks have been full movie, um, or at least most of the movie. The the uh, mm-hmm. At least most of the uh, the characters are oblivious to the uh, imposter situation. Um or it's like a major plot point if it's not, uh, where this is a, a very minor moment in the film that is important. It's significant, but it's like, as far as like screen time, it's very minor. Um, I liked that. Um, well, everybody in the whole wide world knows that I love Michael Fassbender, but I love that he plays both of those characters where, you know, David is a jerk and then Walter is not. And it's a little bit redeeming for a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So. Totally. Um, no, I. Well, I, and how it goes back and forth too. Yeah, the the <laughs> scenes where they're together, it's so it's so amazing. Like. Um, yeah, it's it's it, it's it, I it, can't imagine how people I, do that. I think it's what made the movie. Yeah. Uh, why I liked it was because of Michael Fassbender. I think more than anything, um, not that Catherine Waterston wasn't good, but uh, David and Walter, they're just so great in that movie. So. Um. All right, uh, Mike. We're on to you, man. What's your number one? All right. Well, mentioning David Lynch's name alone is probably enough to throw people into a tailspin, especially when it comes to people who may not be who they seem. And nowhere is this more apparent than in 1997's Lost Highway. The cast is all over the place, adding some new actors and actresses to his team of people that he works with, along along with some of Lynch's previous favorites. Bill Pullman and Patricia Arquette are the leads. Balthasar Getty tags in for a character change in the midst of the story. And honestly, if I try to give this a nutshell kind of treatment, it would be an exercise in futility because this is really meant to be watched. And even then it's difficult. It'll be difficult to put a finger on the whole affair. I've watched it multiple times and I still get lost in it from time to time. Um, It's worth a view. If you're a Lynch fan, if you're not a Lynch fan, this may not be where to step in at uh it's just because of what the the i mean it basically goes to bill pullman's character being accused for murder of murder um and, and there's video evidence of it and in his jail cell he morphs into balthazar getty oh and yeah and however still being the character and so they take him back home to the Balthasar Getty's character's parents' house. It's like, well, that's not, however, still got the consciousness of Bill Pullman. It, it's really, it's de- very David Lynch. And um, I didn't realize some of the association he had maybe kind of with with uh, the O.J. Simpson uh, murder case. And maybe mm-hmm. this was his way of kind of taking that and appropriating it for himself. Interesting. Um so uh, stats, it's 7.6 IMDb score, 52 Metascore, low 60% fresh rating. But on the on, on the other note, uh, 87% audience score. Ah, so. fans like, well, Lynch's fans, yeah. Um, I've not seen that one, unfortunately, which means Corey is the winner of the uh, Mike wager this week. 
Um, which Corey, you get bragging rights till next week for now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I need I'm really behind on Lynch films for sure. Um, I need to I need uh, to watch this one. Get into these. Oh, good, you haven't seen it either. Mm. Yeah, it's was um. I, although, like you said, that's the thing. It seems like every time you bring up a Lynch film, I say I I should I need to check that out, and you often say this isn't the one to start with. So what? Where do you what start? What is with? the one? Yeah. <laughs> Mulholland. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, no. <laughs> I feel like they're all so. Yeah. I feel like you just question your whole linear, existence after every single one of them that I've watched. The the, mo- the most linear is going to be the Elephant Man. Okay. Um, to get a true idea of what David Lynch is all about, probably Eraserhead because that was its beginning. So, and then beyond that, Dune is probably my go-to David Lynch feel, film, even though he hates it. So I would say between The Elephant Man and Dune and third, uh, Blue Velvet, which has its own weirdness, but it has that dark side of a small town kind of vibe to it. It's like it seems like Ozzy and Harriet, and then you come across a, 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 a sliced off the ear, sliced off the ear in the middle of a pile of ants, and it's just it's Kyle MacLachlan, Laura Dern. Um, oh, oh gosh, you just sold me with those um, two actors. So, oh, and, and I'm not even mentioning uh, his name escapes me. He's the late uh, Dennis Hopper. As uh, the heavy, yeah, that's Frank. I mean, and, I, I know uh, a lot about all of Lynch's films because he is uh, w- with amongst the film podcasts that I listen to. Um, his films are beloved by I think all of them. It's just, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he is the artist. I, so I would start with Blue Blue Velvet. Is definitely, I mean, it's definitely a linear. There's some weirdness, but it you can still, you know, it's easy to follow and. It's probably the most traditional of all of those, but I can't help but love. To, I, I I know people despise it, but I loved his take on Dune. I I don't yeah, know. You were a fan. I I I've I've gotten it on DVD, Blu-ray. Uh, watched. I don't know. I, every few months, it seems like, like oh, I haven't watched Dune lately, so I'll pick it up again. <laughs> oh, well. Dang. My... And it's a, a long movie, too, so Corey would just be aware. Ah. Well, my number one um, is maybe too obvious, and it might be that you guys left it off because of, like, it's such an obvious pick, but I, I know I've left off this director's works uh, more often than not because he is, like, well, yeah, duh. But I couldn't I couldn't resist for this list, so I went with it. Uh, my number one is Psycho from 1960. Um, with yeah. Norman Bates, uh, Norman, Norman, yes, the the imposter of the mother, um, and uh, I I just I love this film so much. It's a film that um, you know I, I love introducing my students to because it seems to transcend uh, their their bigotry about old movies. Um, it's usually one of the first ones that I show them that's in black and white that they they like anyways. Uh, and it's great because it's old enough that most of them don't know the twist. Um, and so, uh, you know, they, they don't always see it coming. And there are a lot of times uh, you see them with these kind of blank looks and they're like, wait, what? Huh? And then as they kind of process and it starts to make sense, they're like, oh, my goodness. And, you know, I've, I've had a lot of kids kind of convert over to Hitchcock fans from Psycho, like which I love Vertigo. I love Rear Window. I, I, I am I am probably too big of a Hitchcock fanboy at this point. Um, as I came very late to the party with becoming a Hitchcock fan, as I 
uh, avoided old movies for a long time, but um, ageist. <laughs> but uh, Psycho with this list just makes perfect sense. Um, I love Anthony Perkins in this film. I, I mean, I love everything about this movie, but the the imposter element is th- such an important plot point to this movie. Um, as we are thinking one thing the whole film, only to find out that there is no mother anymore. Um, and it fits perfectly. So, Psycho from 1960. It, I, I didn't deliberately leave it off, but it's it fits. It's perfect. Um, poor Anthony Perkins, uh, because it it's what typecast him and, and really, yeah. you know, really limited him. I saw him because I only really knew him as as Norman Bates, and there was I forget the director. Um, I want to say Ken Russell, but I could have it wrong. Uh, but it's called Crimes of Passion. Mm. Um, I think it's him and Kathleen. He play, he plays this uh, priest, and he's so over the top, and it fits the role because he's he's a little iffy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you'd have to think it up. Crimes of Passion, I believe it's called. Okay. Um, and that, that, of all people, my high school friends introduced me that to that one. Oh, there you go. So. Well, yeah, Corey, I know you are also a fan of Psycho. Yes, I I love both. Uh, what, was it ninety seven or ninety nine when uh, it was remade? Gus Van Sant with Vince Vaughn. With Vince Vaughn. Uh, yeah, I think so. With uh, and oh, I'm gonna forget her name. And Hesh. Yes. How could I forget her name as a Hollywood Babylon listener, right, Mike? <laughs> you need to go to the Punishment Cave and watch oh. some Blue Velvet. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that seems weird. Um, all right. Especially since it's something you want to see, anyways. But hey. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna punish myself. Um, <laughs> we're gonna get into our honorable mentions for this this episode. Uh, Corey, do you have any honorable mentions? Only two. While you were sleeping, and single white female. I need to see both of those. Um, I've not seen either one of those, and uh, or at least I don't think. What's while you were sleeping? That was um, Sandra Bullock, Bill Pullman uh, too. I think. Oh, that's like a rom com, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, she take, pretends to be his fiance. I take it. Yes, I don't want to see that one. Um, friends, <gasps> friends. It was really quite good. Oh well, Friends did that too, and uh, there's an episode. Um, sorry, and they ripped it off. They probably did, um, but I, I do want to see single white female one because of Jennifer Jason Lee, um, yes, and then two because it, it, that came up on another episode too for something I can't remember what it was, um, mm-hmm. but it's it's been it keeps coming back up so it's one I need to check out. Um, okay, uh, Mike, what do you got? I have several. Obviously, I wanted to include, but I left it out on purpose. Blade Runner. Because, yeah, yeah, obvious. I mean, you can't. It, it's it's the impetus for the whole list. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I would yep. lean more towards the seventies, but any of those. I have not seen thing, that yet. I've not seen the seventies version. Oh, oh. I'm watching it this month. I'm watching it this, this month. month. Yes, this month. The thing, which I think we need to plan. Uh, the homecoming for Abby is this weekend, and I know uh, we're gonna have a couple of busy weekends, but so we'll have to see. There's gonna be a, a weekend. We're gonna have a three day weekend, right? Uh, probably. I'll have to say, uh, yeah. have to say all right, Abby, John, you're going. We're, we're watching this. Um, so the thing for sure. Uh, imposter. Have you guys ever heard I, of Imposter? I came across it while doing research for this list, so I, I've not seen it, but I, I I came across the film. 
Okay, uh, well, by the time you get to the end, I'm like, <gasps> and uh, it was kind of like the end of Unthinkable. Do you remember how I mentioned that, where they're like, oh, we got the bomb. Two endings also. or whatever? Yeah, um, sort of, sort okay. of. Um, that You're convinced, you're convinced of something until the very end, and then they just twist it. And it, I wouldn't say it's overly well done. That's why I didn't make my main list. But it's like, whoa, didn't see that coming. Uh, well, now you will. But, um, and oddly enough, Mulholland Drive. So there we are. Mm. Um, I, have a, I have a few myself. Um, I have one that I used as an example for this list to you guys was Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, Robin Williams in, oh, in Disguise. You and I, uh... um, one that, Mike, I expected to be on your list and why I went kind of big with three was The Usual Suspects. Um, with Kevin Spacey. Oh, as, man, totally, totally went, yeah. Yeah. Guys, it says it. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire with uh, Brendan Gleeson as Mad-Eye Moody, who is um, mm. not actually Mad-Eye Moody in the film with David Tennant's character uh, and his weird twitch. Um, I have uh, Coming to America, where um, a prince presumes to be mm. a lowly uh, <laughs> worker. Uh, just recently announced they're making a sequel. Sequel. Um, with Eddie Murphy attached, uh, so what? see if that actually happens because apparently that's been in the works for thirty years. Um, a history of violence um, with uh, yeah. Viggo Mortensen yeah. um, and uh, Reservoir Dogs with uh, Mr. Orange, who is actually a cop. You know, Tim Roth's character um, <laughs> plays a uh, criminal, although he is not. And there's that whole scene where he's rehearsing uh, the whole awesome sequence mm. that uh, Tarant- the way Tarantino shoots it and shows it. Um, of him rehearsing his lines to get the job and uh, the story that he tells. I, I just, I love how Tarantino shows that sequence. It's just so fantastic. Um, and I think that covers mine. Um, I did have Alien on my list, but we already mentioned it. And I also had just one of the guys, but we, Corey had it on her list. So um, that's our top five for the week, folks. Uh, we would love to hear your top five uh, replicants or imposters. Uh, you can email us at contact at com. That's contact at com. Go to our website, BerkReviews.com, and read uh, reviews and editorials written by me, Mike, uh, Corey on occasion, and um, some other guest writers from time to time. We also have two other podcasts on our show, uh, on our site, I should say, uh, Wildcard Pod and The Rough Cut. And then Corey and I do our uh, weekly movie club podcast as part of the Burke Reviews podcast description, which you're already getting if you're subscribed to this one. Um, we'll be back next week. You can follow us on Twitter. In the meantime, I'm at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R Star. Two R's on the end. And Mike. At Server Monkey. Okay. And we'll be back next week with another top five. Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys. Right. Bye. Peace. Bye.